0: This is my journey. The road ahead, the road behind. My journey, who knows what I'll find? One of the founding principles of Woman's Own is that it should enable women to share their stories. Well, one of the joys is that its online presence means that sometimes women find us to do just that. And so it was that Rose Sally contacted us on a short visit to Cape Town to find out more about what we do. But as it turned out, Rose herself, an attorney-turned-writer, poet, editor, ghostwriter and publisher, had a story that we just could not resist sharing with you in our Finding Herself series. So, on the top of a seafront hotel in Point. I asked her first to tell me her name.
1: Uh, My name is Rose. Uh, My middle name is Njoki, which means she has returned, because I was born just shortly after my dad's sister passed away, so it's as if I had returned. I was born at the foothills of Mount Kenya, a little town called Embu in a mission hospital, and uh, from there... I have actually spent about two thirds of my life in the Americas, more specifically uh, the United States. Spent a lot of time, about five years in North Carolina, in Raleigh, and then 18 years in uh, Florida, mainly Orlando, a little uh, time in Miami, uh, doing immigration uh, as an attorney. Uh, But before that, Growing up, went back to Kenya because I really, really wanted to learn the the um, African languages. I was at a wedding in uh, in London, and my cousins came, and they were speaking this language that sounded like music to me, and I didn't understand any of it. And I told that I've got to go do high school in Kenya, and um, so I did. Learned not only Swahili but uh, Kikuyu because there was an author Ngugi wa who had written in Kikuyu and I did not want to read the translation and yeah, thereafter did my law school in Kenya practiced for about four years then got married and went back to the US and, and it wasn't as much a choice as self-exile uh, these were the days of Daniel Arapmoy he just had a difficult time with lawyers, he thought lawyers were to get him and after six of my close friends and colleagues were assassinated, I knew it was time to leave. Oh. Um, I was writing. I was speaking. And as a lawyer, not doing what we are told to do. You're told sign here, and you think, maybe not, you know. And then you're labeled a dissident. So went back to the U.S. Um, my kids were born and grew up there. Um, of course the privilege of sports particularly so uh, one of my daughters is um, playing uh, pro basketball in uh, in spain you know i just want to stop you at your basketball
0: playing daughter which sounds amazing but we went very quickly from kenya to the states Mm
1: -hmm. initially what what caused the transition um i had gone back to i'd gone to school in the u.s because why initially my dad did his first degree in in Michigan at Michigan State and then my sister went to school there University of Maryland and it was just a natural progression and I believe because my parents were educators um, my four siblings and I did not even think that doing your master's degree was an option it's the same way you go from grade one to grade two we went from your first degree into the second degree you know And so when it came to choose where to go for a master's, the obvious choice was was the United States. And I was blessed to get um, a very good scholarship to the University of Florida. And after living in D.C. for a year, Florida was welcome. It's the sunshine. I loved it. And uh, so even going back uh, later to, you know, to to settle, uh, Florida was the obvious choice.
0: Okay, so I want to come back to where you were. Yes. So, so you've been, um, I think the word I'm looking for is peripatetic. You've sort of moved
1: around quite a lot because you, you were in the States, but you were in the UK for a while. Yes. The UK was very brief. Um, when I did my internship on the British system, of call it pupillage as a lawyer, my pupil master was chairman of Barclays Bank, and he recommended me to Barclays and so i got the opportunity to work at with barclays and i was really an experience into the world of banking into investments and and really futures and options you know which was not something a lot of us at that time were thinking about you know
0: so what your, your goal was to be a lawyer? Yes. Was, was that
1: always your goal? Because it hasn't quite worked out that way. Well, it has and it hasn't. Explain. Yeah, um, well, I did practice law for about 24 years. Um, absolutely loved it. Uh, practiced in Kenya. Kenya was basically um, commercial law. Then, when I majored in international law and diplomacy, I actually got the opportunity to lecture at the Institute for Diplomacy and International Studies. And that, again, opened a whole new world for me, you know, training diplomats from 22 African countries. And that, again, has given me a privilege because most countries that I visit or live in, they're always diplomats that have been my students, you know. So, and then in the U.S., uh, it was mainly immigration law, but then I started also writing in the international trade and diplomacy space. You know. And then coming back to the continent, I just happened to visit Namibia, and again, I met someone who said, look, we really need someone to just write contracts for us in, in the space of oil and gas. And I got hired. So, you know, between that and writing, um, you know, speeches for For well, people
0: in very high-up places. Yes. In fact, I'm just <laughs> going to whistle you forward because I think that you you actually ended up writing a speech for the president of yes. Libya. Yes,
1: yes, I How? did. Um, his, his grandson was the president of the Basketball Federation, and he got very close to my kids, and he would come over and hang out with us. And one night after he had left, he called and said, you know would you please do a speech for my grandfather and I said sure and so I asked him to give me a couple of speeches he had written if he had written any or you know given any speeches and lo and behold he sends me all these speeches and I called him and say, why are you sending me the president's uh, past speeches? And said, oh, I forgot to tell you, the president's actually my grandfather, <laughs> you know. And I wrote the speech, sent it. Um, this is midnight we're talking, so I send it to him early in the morning, and the next thing I know, the president says he loves it, you know, and says you will be, you know, my official speechwriter. I'm like, oh, no, 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 I live in a couple of weeks. I'm here on holiday. And uh, lo and behold, I ended up staying um, a whole two years, you know. And from that, I uh, wrote for many other uh, very high-ranking personalities. And then the Sardauk Heads of Summit came around, um, and I wrote for one uh, president. One, yeah, one president, and then from that, everybody started asking, would you please write, would you read, would you edit for me? And after doing one book, I found myself becoming an editor. And so I shelved the, the, the legal practice, um, though I did enjoy, you know, being consultant in the oil and gas industry. It was very new. I took a course with with uh, an institute in the UK, and just absolutely loved it. But I found that um, even financially, uh, writing filled that gap, and you know the rest is history, so to speak. Mm-hmm.
0: ah, Gosh, isn't that interesting? So your your initial pathway was legal and then it turned into writing, but I'm sure the legal aspect would have helped you, and I'm surmising here, that would have helped you sort of
1: clarify your thoughts about things. Has that been quite a useful thing in in writing terms? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Like you said, the clarity of thought, the ability to research, because I'm now an editor as well as a ghostwriter, to be able to, to read your your author, your client um, research everything around them and and then I I think especially as Africans and and I use that broadly, we are natural storytellers um, and not just Africans, I mean just everyone, you take a child in New York you take a child in in the UK or in Nairobi or Morocco they will tell you stories naturally, you know And, and the only difference is that I put it to paper. Yes. You know? And you've taken
0: it to paper in in a fairly big way, and I promise I'm going to come back to your daughter soon. (laughs) (laughs) But you've taken it onto paper in a really big way, and I think you've written many books, but not only writing books, you're also publishing books. Tell me about the books
1: first that you have written. I have written about six books. Uh, One I have co-authored with an Uber driver, because I wanted to tell the story, the stories of an Uber driver as he rides around all day. You know, who are the kind of people? So it's not so much the, sto- the, the Uber driver, but the stories of people, different people that you meet maybe for 10 minutes or for half an hour when you drive them to the airport or pick them up or, you know, drive them to the clinic or the shopping center. Um, those stories that are told to, to the driver you know, and, you know, his feedback and his thoughts. And and they're they're quite interesting. And I interviewed, I wrote a lot of Ubers and just chatted to really get the feel of it, you know. And then there's one that I've written. uh, What was was that one called? The Passenger. (laughs) The Passenger. And then there's W's for Westgate. That is the story of the massacre in Nairobi, the terrorist attack in Nairobi uh, in 2013, I wrote this book between Saturday about 2 o'clock when the, when the terror um, started until Tuesday evening when the government declared that, you know, the siege was over uh, and, and they had taken control of them all. But it's not the sad story there, because I believe there was enough of that, but it was it was more the story of those who missed, who might have been there, but, you know, by a quirk of fate something led them either they were late because you know one woman is always late and the husband was like oh my god for goodness today can you be on time and she sets out being on time she had a lot of time and you know her mother calls and says oh would you please you pick up your sister at ballet and she meets an old friend they start talking and lo and behold she's half an hour late gets there and the terror has started and she just misses it you know it almost feels like those two books, and
0: there are others, that those two that you've described have almost been opportunistic. It's almost like you have taken advantage of a situation. Is that how books come to you?
1: Yes, yes. I, I will see an event unho- unfolding or meet someone who's interesting and just build a story around that, you know. And, and the other four books? Uh, One of the others is really a compilation of articles I've written. I've written for about eight magazines. Most countries I go to, I read the local magazine to get to know the story, the vibe, the energy uh, in that community. And I end up writing for them, so I compiled all the, or most of the articles I've written uh, in Botswana, uh, for in Business Magazine, in Namibia for um, Confidante, for the Namibian, for New Era, and also in Kenya Daily Nation and The Standard, and then poetry that I've written over the last 20 years, and and the title is uh, While They Still Ink in My Pen.
0: Me.
1: <laughs> I am going to, at this point, come back to your daughter,
0: because you have brought up your children mm. in, the, in between all the, all the legal work and the moving around the world yeah. and writing as well. It's, it's an
1: obvious w- question to ask a woman, but how did you juggle that? Um, I, believe I made it easy for myself by taking time off. From everything, and just became a mom full time. Though my kids say, you know, you're a stay-at-home mom who never stayed home. You know, <laughs> I, I volunteered at school. Um, my youngest one, when when she was in kindergarten, if you asked her, what does your mom do? She says, oh, she works in school. She works at the library and the kitchen, and you know, do all sorts of things. And and I enjoyed that. And then I I worked closely with the basketball coaches. Because I realized that coaches really impact the the players, and I wanted to understand the philosophy of the coach who was going to impact my children. Alan played American football. Vanessa played basketball and Zenny gymnast as well as um, swimming, and she got onto the to the junior Olympic team for the U.S. So I didn't want to leave coaches to impact my kids without my understanding what you know that influence was. And so I became a basketball mom, a life coach, and worked closely with the with the basketball teams, especially. Oh, feels like there might have been a book there too. Absolutely, there's one. Well, we've co-authored with my daughter, and it's called The Little Point Guard, um, because she's she plays point guard. She's not very tall, uh, but she's very, very good, very fast. Has had incredible, I would say, the best training you know, from one of the best basketball academies in the United States. Oh. Yeah.
0: Another moment where you have taken advantage of a particular event that's going on in your life to write about it, because they do say, don't they, that you write about what you know. Yeah. But I think that you've taken it one step further, because not only have you written your own books, I think you're encouraging other people, not only encouraging them, helping other people publish. What, tell me about your publishing wing.
1: Um... About four years ago, I started... In fact, one one of my uh, clients said, Rose, I was editing, and he said, why don't you start your own publishing company? We'll support you. Um, And now, about 60 titles later, half of which, more than half of which I have ghostwritten, it, it just gave me an insight into people's ability to write, people's ability to tell stories, but not to write. And uh, I'd meet people and say, wow, I love your story. Why don't you write a book? And they say, oh, my God, I can't. And i say, well, talk to me, and, you know, I'd fashion the story. And I guess the the greatest compliment I've received, we did a book entitled um, The Expatriate Wife, and and Rosette doesn't mind my, my saying this. And her husband read it and said, you know, I didn't know it because I made the payment to Rose. I would think this was not ghostwritten, because it's so you, you know, even the way you you joke, the way you talk, the the little things you do. And I think that's where the gift lies. But it also lies in the ability to listen, you know, not just passively, but actively and, and hear between the lines and see the little things. And basically, I'll do a three, four hour interview. Get the gist of the story, write it, and then I, I do one more sitting, Most, these days, of course, virtual where I then fill in those little gaps. Oh gosh, It's almost
0: like painting of somebody's portrait, but in words, where yeah. you sort of get the first sketch, as it were, and then fill it in and, and then polish it up. Goodness. The majority of the books that I think that you have done, are, are, many have been memoirs, as you've just described, but also some um, political books, non-fiction books?
1: Yes, yes. One of my favourites is um, When Foreign Becomes Domestic. It's a book on South African foreign policy uh, by Eddie Maloka. a beautiful book. I've always said to him, every mission, every diplomat serving in South Africa from anywhere in the world um, should read that book to understand our foreign policy. But also those serving either in government or those doing business um, should read it for the understanding do want to come back to your children because
0: obviously you've you've passed on the baton to an extent you have co-authored with one of your children and i
1: think that actually the reason you're here in cape town is as a result of your children to explain (laughs) um my, my kids oh they're so interesting we've traveled around the world a lot um especially through basketball and just wanting to to experience the world um so for my birthday this year I just turned 60 on the 28th of February. They uh, gifted me this trip to Cape Town and said, go and just relax, you know, um, because obviously with with lockdown the last two years, I've not really traveled at all. And they said, no, leave Santon, go to Cape Town and uh, just experience Cape Town. Um, and they've booked different hotels from five star to uh, something simple uh, where they would stay when they're saving money on a budget and uh, booked a cruise and just many things. In fact, introduced me um, to you and uh, said, you've got to meet the women, you know, who are doing all this good stuff. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Is there going to be a book from Cape Town? V- very much so. Yes. Really? Yes. You did mention that
0: you have a, a sort of an affinity for Mills and Boone-type books. Which just Can you elaborate
1: on that? Oh, I've read so many. My, my older sisters worked at a little bookstore um, when they finished, I think, my trick. And so they would come home with these little books, and I would read them in a the night, you know. And I, I just love them because they take you to so many places that you might never go to, um, as well as Daniel Steele. Uh, John Grisham. So I I read a lot. I I would say I read about two, three hundred of those a year because you can read one in a day, you know, and they're inexpensive. Um, So I I found a Reader's Warehouse uh, bookstore that actually sells them for 29 Rand. So I'll go and buy. I remember when they uh, announced the lockdown, I went and bought a hundred of them and thinking they will last, which they didn't, of course. Yeah. Yeah, so. I have collected, I would say, over 5,000 uh, since I've been back to, to Africa. But I know I've read more than 10,000 of those. And have you written in that vein? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Um, one of my books is called Wings in Flight. It really is a Mills and Boon, <laughs> <laughs> A bodice ripper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Romance all the way. And tastefully, but with lessons. I, I try to make all my books um, have meaning have lessons you can take away uh, but uh, but that particular one Wings in Flight is, is very light reading very light reading
0: Talking of romance is there a Mr. Rose? Um,
1: yes but I will save that for the next book <laughs> 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 Yeah, that yeah is a- I've been loved I've been loved um, sadly my husband passed away while we were in the US from cancer and, and that again opened another door for me because I knew there has to be a cure So coming back to Africa, I I really went all out to do that and got into alternative medicine. And with cannabis, um, CBD, you know, the medicine of cannabis being legalized in South Africa, I thought, wow, I'm in the right place. So I have studied, I work closely with uh, doctors. uh, There's a group in Uganda led by Dr. Kaza who are amazing uh, in this space who have record of... um, really um, managing cancer and I've been able to help uh, several people Um, you know one of them with prostate cancer and after about six months they couldn't find you know a trace of the of the cancer cells and he had been given two months to live and that was 2018 and he's still around today. Gosh another facet to your diamond.
0: (laughs) But at 60 60 years old, you say that there's still plenty of ink in your
1: pen. So what is your pen busy with at the moment? Um, I've started writing children's books. You know, I had done a couple, but now I'm really focusing. I'm working with a client who says, can we do at least 12 a year? Um, And and that's no hardship, really. Um, We've already done three. They, They really, really fill my heart, you know to get children reading, to get... And I tell parents, you know, people admire what I do, and I say, you can do it, but get your children reading. You cannot be a writer if you're not a reader. And and reading opens up doors, opportunities, worlds, you know. All the prejudices we have would be swept away when our minds broaden, you know, when our, our, our horizons... Um, you know, uh, are broadened, and, and and that's why why I'm writing and focusing on the children now.
0: Just lastly, your own horizons have been broad. We're sitting here looking out over the ocean with a couple of ships in front of us. Do you, and here you find yourself back on this continent. Do you plan to stay? Do you have itchy
1: feet? Where does feel where feels like home? You know, I honestly thought I would retire back in Canada, uh, particularly in BC. It's lovely. Um, the winters are not as severe as on the on the East Coast. But having come back and been here going on eight years now, I, I definitely, this is the place to be. There is no place like Africa. Um, I have an opportunity to open up um, a branch of the publishing house in Tanzania, uh, which I love, I love. I have good friends there. It's close to home. And, um, yeah, so I'll be moving... There, not permanently, just going to open the branch and support that, um, because I'm also in uh, peace and security, and, and that's important for me, to, to really generate that interest among the young people and know that this is something that we must take responsibility for and be a part of. So I I think ultimately, having been all over the world, all the continents, Africa, is is where I'm definitely going to to retire.
0: Well, given that the world is a small place, if you look at what's going on on the Internet,
1: people can actually find you anywhere. Is there a website for what is your publishing company called? And, and do you have a website? Yes, we do. The company is Sally Publishing. Sali is double S-A-L-I, publishing. And, uh, yeah, so we are on the Internet, and uh, you can see all the books, most of the books that we have published. Leave a comment for the authors. Uh, the books are available for, for purchase. And, yeah, all our contact details are are on there. Including your books? Yes. Yes, including my books. And I will be updating and adding a few more. And, uh, yeah, but uh, I'm just really, really thankful um, for what books have done uh, for me, Uh, both as a writer, as a poet, uh, as a publisher. It it just opens a whole new world. And um, I really, really would like to encourage people to, to write, to read, and, and support books in other ways you know, donate books that you have read and you're done with you know, um, encourage children you know, because it gives them the, the heart to give but also to create li- personal libraries you know, in homes or in your communities, you know yeah. Well, here,
0: here to that and I am very grateful and thank you for your time, it's been fascinating, Rose thank you very
1: much. Thank you, thank you it's a privilege
0: This is my journey, who oh, no. knows what a will